Thank you very much, Sam. Uh, keep that passage open in front of you, and uh, we're going to pray as we come to God's Word together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this very famous story, and as we look at it this morning, we pray that you'd help us to trust that you wrote it, that you have things to speak to us through it uh, about ourselves and about yourself and about Jesus. We pray you'd help us to listen to you, for we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, who likes getting their school report? It can be a little bit nervous, can't it, children? When um, the email comes through to your mum and dad and it's that time of year, either maybe January, kind of interim school reports, or the end of the year, uh, end of year school reports, how are you getting on in, in English or maths? Um, are you well behaved or a bit of a nuisance? It is not always good news. Here are some famously terrible school reports. There should be some pictures on the screen for this. Uh, Winston Churchill is a constant trouble to everybody and is always in some scrape or other. He cannot be trusted to behave himself anywhere. Gary Lineker. He must devote less of his time to sport if he wants to be a success. You can't make a living out of football. This is my favourite. Roald Dahl, a persistent muddler Vocabulary negligible, sentences malconstructed, he reminds me of a camel. <laughs> well, our Bible passage today is a bit like a bad school report. It's the last instalment in the book of Genesis, chapters 37 to 50. It's the beginning of the last instalment, uh, which is all about, Genesis is all about God's promise to bless the world through a special family. But that special family often doesn't look very special. But God has a plan to bring blessing to the world anyway, in place of sin. And we need to hear God's blessing too. We need that promise. But also we need to hear the bad news about our sin. And we're going to do that by listening to the, the report on the sin of God's people. And a word of warning as we begin, they get straight D's. Okay, first of all, sin displayed. D sin displayed. Verse 3. Now Israel, that's Jacob, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made an ornate robe for him. Now, I've got an ornate robe here, and I wonder if somebody would like to wear it. So I need a brave volunteer who wants to wear Joseph's robe for the part of our service. Who wants to be brave enough to wear Joseph's robe? I can't believe I haven't got lots of hands up already. The talk is not going to work unless somebody volunteers. Who wants to wear Joseph's robe? <laughs> Sam Bradley. <laughs> no, Hayley Bradley. Someone up here will wear Joseph's robe. Brilliant. Well done. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sam. So Jacob made this beautiful robe. You don't need to be up here the whole time. You just need to put it on. <laughs> um, he made this beautiful robe, and then it says, verse 4, when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Well, boys and girls, have you ever accused your parents of uh, treating your brothers or sisters differently to you? Has that ever happened? That is exactly what happened in Jacob's family. Joseph was his favorite no wonder they hated him. Every time they saw that stupid coat 
they were reminded that their father loved Joseph more than them. Sin started in this family, as it often does, with the parents. Jacob is a brilliant example of what it says in the Bible. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Don't provoke them to anger. Parents, there's perhaps no better way to make our children angry than by treating them unfairly. And if we've done that, we need to ask for God's help to change. We need to ask for God's help to say sorry to them. But Jacob isn't the only sinner in this family. Verse 5, Joseph had a dream And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of corn out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered round mine and bowed down to it. Joseph has already snitched on his brothers. He's already come home and and told a bad news story about them. Now he brags about his dream. It's a bit like he comes home and he brags. He says, you know, I got so many good reports. I got straight A's. But you see, his dream isn't very difficult to understand. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Now, I wonder if you've got brothers or sisters, if you would like your brother or sister to be your boss or your king or your queen, or if you, I suspect you wouldn't even want your best friend to be your boss or your king. No wonder they hated Joseph even more. You see, Joseph isn't a very smart kid at this point in the story. He brags about one dream, and then he gets another dream, which is basically very similar, and he brags about that one as well. He's a good example of this proverb, Proverbs 10, 19. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Maybe we sometimes sin like that too. We're too quick to speak and too slow to listen. Maybe we need to ask for forgiveness in our lives, whether we're children or adults, for those times we've been arrogant and boastful and we've, we've spoken about ourselves too much instead of listening to other people and thinking about the impact our words can have on them. You see, sin is all over the place in this family. There's parental favoritism, there's youthful arrogance, and finally there's brotherly hatred. So look on to verse 17. Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. You see, they see him in the distance. Do you know how they can see him in the distance? Because he's wearing that stupid coat. You could see it from a mile away. But why are they in Dothan? Do you know where Dothan is? Probably not. I didn't know where it is. It is not round the corner It is 65 miles away from where they live. Why are they 65 miles away? Because that is what sin does. Sin separates us from people. It drives us away from people, even away from the people we love the most. But even 65 miles isn't far enough for the brothers. Verse 19. Here comes that dreamer, they said to him. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what happens, what comes of his dreams. They were jealous of Joseph, jealous of that stupid coat, jealous of those stupid dreams. And now they can put it all behind them by killing him. That is where jealousy and anger can take us too. Now, you know... We might not say that we hate people, 
but I'm sure we can feel jealous about people, can't we? Jesus put it like this, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. See, anger and jealousy, they're dangerous things. They take us to dangerous places. So I wonder if we need to say sorry to God this morning for our anger, for our jealousy. So they get 1D on their school report, sin displayed. I wonder if we can see the same D in our hearts. There's more bad news to come. Second, sin debated. Sin debated. Verse 21. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into this cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. Now, Reuben, I presume, was angry and jealous of Joseph, but he still knows it's not right to murder. Still knows it's not right to kill someone. He thinks to himself, I don't want to have to face up to God one day for that. So he comes up with a different plan. He thinks, I'm the oldest brother. I'll come up with a different plan. Maybe they'll go along with it. I'll come back and rescue Joseph later. He comes across kind of okay, but he doesn't get an A star. You see, I think Joseph uh, Reuben has courage, but not enough. He debates sin, and he thinks, I can do a deal with sin. But actually, it was time to stop sin. Reuben should have said, no. But instead, Reuben said, let's do this instead. And I wonder if we can make the same sort of mistakes with sin, especially when we're in a crowd. Maybe our friends are calling people names or telling lies. Maybe our, our colleagues are bending the rules or, or bad-mouthing somebody behind uh, their back. And we might feel a bit like that other person, a bit about that other person like our friends do or our colleagues do. But we still know in our hearts that what's going to happen next is not right. And we might think, oh, well, wait, maybe I should sort of change the sin a little bit. Maybe I can kind of debate it and, and kind of do a deal with it, kind of go along with the crowd and then come back later and fix it. But sometimes, you know, it's just better to say, no, we need to stop. Because good ideas don't stop sin from being sin. Verse 23. So when Joseph stripped him, uh, came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Okay, Sam, you can take it off. We're going to take the ornate robe off. Um, we're not going to throw him in a well because we don't have a well. But that's what they did. I don't think it matters if it rips, to be honest, because they probably ripped it when they took it off him. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So they, they took it off. But don't worry, that's not the end of the robe. We're going to see it again in a moment. So Joseph is in the well, and then another brother has another idea. Verse 26. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. Now Judah, I think, also doesn't want to have to face up to God for murdering his brother. But unlike Reuben, he, 
he doesn't want to see Joseph ever again. He doesn't want to rescue Joseph and take him back to their dad. So he debates sin and he downgrades it. He thinks, well, at least I'm not killing my brother. But whilst I'm getting rid of him, I may as well get something out of it for myself. And I wonder if we can do the same sort of thing. We have a whole list of sins and we think, well, at least I'm not doing this one. Maybe if I'm just doing that one, maybe that'll be okay. And whilst I'm doing it, maybe I should get something out of it for myself. But, but all sin is wrong in God's eyes. You can't do a deal with sin. You can't downgrade sin. You can't fool God. The Bible says sin is lawlessness. Wherever we break God's law, we're sinning. We're guilty of it, breaking it all. So you've seen D's, number one and two. Sin displayed, sin debated. What happens next? Sin delivers. Sin delivers. Sin always takes you somewhere. You always get something back for your sin. And the rest of the story shows us four Ds that always come. Okay, first of all, distress. Verse 29. When Reuben returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brother and said, brothers and said, the boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? You see, Reuben, presumably he was looking after the flocks or something like that when um, the, the... Ishmaelites came by and bought Joseph as a slave. And he comes back and he's like, he's gone. And he's absolutely gutted. Do you know that feeling when sin has kind of spiraled out of control and you get that horrible feeling in your stomach or it keeps you up all night? You realize there's nothing I can do to sort out this mess. Sin delivers distress. Second, sin delivers deceit. Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, and dipped the robe in the blood. They took the ornate robe back to their father and said, We found this. Examine it to see whether it is your son's robe. He recognized it and said, It is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. So they get the goat. They slaughter the goat. They dip the robe in the goat's blood. And they show it to their dad and say, is this your son's robe? And he said, it's my son's robe. He's dead. It was a very, I should have had a towel up here really, shouldn't I? Um, It was a very, very good lie. Sin always leads to lies. We lie to get ourselves out of trouble. We lie to make ourselves look better than we are. We start with small lies. The lies get bigger. Sin delivers distress. Sin delivers deceit. And thirdly, sin delivers despair. Verse 34, Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. So his father wept for him. See, Jacob, he looks at that robe covered in goat's blood, and he believes the lie. He thinks, my favorite son is dead. And he has no hope that things will ever get better. And he thinks to himself, the only thing I've got to look forward to is death. In different ways for different people, sin delivers those three things. Distress, deceit, and despair. 
It's not a happy story, despite Andrew Lloyd Webber. But it's not the end of the story. Fourthly, finally, sin delivers a deliverer. Verse 36. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. You see, Joseph is not dead. God is not done with Joseph yet. Those dreams are going to come true. God is going to raise Joseph up. His brothers will bow down to him and Joseph will deliver them. He will save them. Joseph is going to bring God's blessing to the world. And Joseph is a little picture of an even greater deliverer. A little portrait of Jesus, the one who is going to deliver us and rescue us from sin. Think about it, okay? Joseph was loved by his father. So was Jesus. Joseph's brothers were jealous of him. Jesus' enemies were jealous of him. Joseph was plotted against. He was mocked. He was called names. He was lied about. So was Jesus. Joseph was stripped of his colourful robe. Jesus was clothed in a purple robe and then stripped of that. Joseph was thrown into the earth. Jesus was buried in a grave. Jesus was sold, Joseph was sold for silver. So was Jesus. Joseph was raised up. So was Jesus. See, thanks to God's wonderful and strange and extraordinary grace, this story points us forward to the most wonderful deliverer. Sin delivers, bizarrely, thanks to God's grace, a deliverer. The Bible says where sin increased, grace increased all the more. The children learned about this last week. I'm really sorry, I forgot to bring one of their visual aids with me. But they made this wonderful visual aid of uh, Joseph's coat. And on the back it says, Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love God. It's a little like those school reports we started with. No one would have thought that those teachers had no hope for those three students. But they didn't know the end of the story. God has told us the end of the story. And a long list of Ds doesn't need to be it. See, even if you look at your life today and you think you see sin displayed, favoritism, jealousy, arrogance, even if you look at your life and you think of all those ways in which you've debated sin, tried to do a deal with it or downgraded it, even if you see and experience in your life despair or distress or deceit, even if all those things are true, Don't forget that God has a good plan for Joseph's brothers. God is going to rescue them. And God has a good plan for us too. Jesus will deliver us and save us from sin. Shall we pray that God would help help us to trust him to do that? We We thank you, Heavenly Father, that where sin increased... Grace abounded even more. We thank you that in your strange and wonderful grace, sin delivers a deliverer in the person of Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, whether we're young or old, whether we're familiar with Christian things or new to them today, to trust Jesus to be our deliverer. For we ask in his name. 
Amen.